we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. to the people who need it and let it bring glory to you wherever it lands. God, use it to build your church. Use it to help people to grow in their faith. Thank you, God. Bless every person here tonight. Bless their finances. Bless every person watching online. Bless their finances. Meet every need and be glorified in that. Thank you, God, for all that you do. This is all for your glory. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Redemption Church, how are we today? Anybody ready to check their vibe? Let's check it out. Excellent, excellent. God bless everyone. Welcome to Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Fluitt, and always I'm thankful to welcome you people, you beautiful people in the room. Thank you everyone for joining us online. Glad to have every one of you. We're in the second week of our sermon series, Vibe Check, but I've gotten so many texts this week, you know, in that anonymous text line. Chris Pastor Chris, what in the world is a vibe? And some people maybe thought maybe it was a, a Beach Boys uh, album, maybe, that we were referencing. Good vibrations, kind of, not, not really. If, let's explain it. All right, here's the definition for a vibe. A person's emotional state that is felt by others. The tangible atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. Also, we can say it like this, a practical revelation of a spiritual reality. The re revelation is on the outside of what is inside of you, all right? Vibe, last week we told you, it is like the cologne or the perfume of your life. When someone walks in with a good fragrance, everybody goes, whoa, who's wearing Cologne, who's that? Well, it's the same thing when you have a positive vibe, you have a positive energy, you have Jesus living inside you. When you walk into a room, uh, 2 Corinthians 2 taught us this, that it is a cologne, it is a perfume that other people can experience. What is flowing out of you? Well, that is the vibe that resides in you. So we're going to take a vibe check today. In this series, we're focusing on on the vibe, but also the vibe producer. 
who is producing our vibe. In week one, we talked about flesh vibes, and we talked about spirit vibes. If you missed that last week, I encourage you to go check it out, redemptionplano.com. Just go lurk, look for lurk. Go look for vibe check, all right? Flesh vibes or spirit vibes, that is something we need to pray about. That's something we need to be thinking about. We always need to be accessing what is producing our energy, our emotions, our spirit. What is, what is producing the cologne in our life? Because not all smells are pleasant. I, I raised three boys. And I want to tell you, not every smell in our house is cookies being made. There's some smells that aren't so good. There are people that carry not a cologne, but an odor with them, all right? And I didn't have to name those people. You thought of those people, right? We got to focus on what is producing your vibe. The best vibes are produced by the Spirit of God. We talked about that last week. The very best vibes are produced by God's spirit. Today, I want to talk to you about the greatest vibe. Somebody say the greatest vibe. I bet you can guess the greatest vibe. We'll just do it right now. Everybody just shout out what you think the the greatest vibe is on one, two, three. Go. Well, that was all over the map. I I thought it was. We'll try that one more time because I didn't hear it. One, two, three. Love is the greatest vibe. That's where we're going today. Love is the greatest vibe. All right. Well, some of y'all were vibing with me. I felt it. All right. It is the first fruit of the Spirit that Paul lists in Galatians chapter 5. Let's read it together. Galatians 5 and 22. We're camping out on these verses for this month. And it is actually our scripture memory verse. So let's all read it out together. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We have preached frequently about Jesus' response to a certain question. Jesus was often asked questions, but there is one response to a question we preach pretty frequently. And this was the question, what is the most important command of God? And hopefully remember that in Matthew 22, his answer can be summed up in one word, love. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, Jesus is asked that question about the greatest command. And his answer is love. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right there, Jesus is telling us what? That the greatest vibe of all is love. And it shouldn't be too hard to get people to agree with that. Not hard at all. Paul and Jesus said it, but more than Paul and Jesus said it, lots of people have said it. Many have written on this greatest vibe of love. The Apostle Paul said it this way, love is the most excellent way. The theologian Augustine said it like this, every city or society of men is held together by some law and the city of God is held together by the law of love. The reformer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, love will have the final word. The pastor, Howard Thurman, said it this way, love has no awareness of merit or demerit. 
It has no scale. Love loves. This is its nature. The historian Arnold Toynbee said it this way. Love is the ultimate force that makes for the saving choice of life and good against the damning choice of death and evil. The poet Virgil said it this way. Love conquers all. The novelist Victor Hugo is quoted as saying, the greatest happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved. Love for ourselves or rather loved in spite of ourselves. The activist Gandhi said it this way, where there is love, there is life. And real love is to love them that hate you, to love your neighbor even though they distrust you. The humanitarian Mother Teresa said, love is a fruit in season at all times and within reach of every hand. Finally, the preacher E.K. Bailey said, you can break God's heart, but you can't break God's love. I'm telling you, every movie is about love. Every book is about love. Just about every thought falls in line with the idea of love. Everybody understands that love is the greatest. We can get most people to agree to that. However, there's not enough love in this world, is there? Get everybody to agree. You can get a Buddhist to agree, politician to agree, a redneck, a Hollywood socialite, the upper crust of Martha's Vineyard, even the atheist. They'll all agree that love's the greatest, most desirable vibe, yet the world still lacks love. As Dion Warwick and Burt Bacharach told us, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. Jeff wants to sing it. Someone had him a mic that there's just too little of, right? We agree that the world needs love, but we don't always agree on what love is. Next level is this, to agree how to best love someone. Love changes in how it's dealt out situation by situation, right? Sometimes love is to get someone a gift. Sometimes love is to tell somebody no. Sometimes love is to hand them the credit card. Sometimes love is to cut up that credit card. Love can, can, can appear different. How to best love. We, we all agree love is needed, but we will not always agree on what love is and how to best love. The world will sometimes point to the works of flesh and call them love. We talked about the vibe of the flesh last week. Let's remind ourselves. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 22, 21, uh, verse 19 says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. The world will point at something like sexual immorality and call it love. They'll say love's so important. You're like, I agree. And they go, look at that. That's love over there. And then you might go, what? That's love? Our one night stand? Is a, is a one night stand, is that truly the vibe of love? Is that what love is? A one night stand? Is that what we're, 
Does love fit any and all situations between consenting adults? Is that, is that what love is all the time? Loving oneself is, is also wrongly attributed to love. You can love yourself in an unloving way, right? What is often called love is actually jealousy or selfish ambition. What is sometimes somebody thinks they're loving themselves, it's actually an addiction. They keep feeding themselves something that's actually hurting themselves. Sometimes out of love, we take sides in arguments with the ones we love. There's two people arguing. We aren't listening to anything. We love these people, so you guys stink. But isn't dissensions and factions the works of the flesh? It's not the vibe of love, y'all. Time for a vibe check. Here is what the Bible teaches us about the vibe of love, 1 Corinthians 13. If you don't know this uh, chapter, introduce yourself to it. It is the love chapter. And verse 4, it gives you an absolute biblical definition for love. Verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Verse 8, love never fails. This love that the Apostle Paul speaks of is more than an emotional feeling. Much more. Because I would tell you, to really love someone, you will let go of the emotional feeling and go do the hard work, right? Let's just say your wife perhaps just says, hey, I am at Lowe's and I'm buying sheets of wood and screws and we're, gonna, we're just going to go put up a wall where there is already a wall on our house. Right? See, in that, that situation, hypothetical, you would just say, you know what? I don't want to do that. It's a Saturday, and I'm terrible with the drill, and I have fear of saws and fear of splinters and fear of work, of fear of all that stuff. But because I love you, I'm going to break down and do the thing that is not emotionally pleasing, not emotionally Fun. That's what love is. And that may or may not have happened yesterday at our house. You see, love has to be more than an emotional thing. It has to be. See, emotional feelings are always contingent on what's around. It's about an external thing. Oh, man, there's cake and ice cream. I am in love. Right? It's an external thing. The skies are blue and it's a pleasant day. I'm in love. It's an external. But what we're talking about here is not an external thing. We're talking about an internal thing that is love flowing out of us. And that's the difference in emotional driven things. We're talking about a producer within you. Love has to be more than emotional feeling when the circumstances are right. And as you read that definition of love there, it, it, it stands out. It stands out. It always protects it always protects. That means love. Love will cause you to jump in front of danger for someone, right? 
Love always trusts. And sometimes you've been hurt. Some of you in this room, you've been hurt. But love will cause you to trust again. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love doesn't give up. I'm tell you, there are, t- there are times where the emotions are absolutely not there. It's not pretty. It's not a beautiful day. But you love not based on emotion. You love based on a spiritual, supernatural love that comes from God. And it's in you and it comes out. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about today. I would tell you that's the kind of love that the world needs. I would tell you that that's actually the kind of love the world is looking for. Hollywood doesn't get it in their movies. That's the kind of love that we're looking for. And it was displayed the best way ever on the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ. Biblical love does not flow into you when the conditions are perfect. Oh, beautiful conditions. Oh, feel that. Now I'm, now I'm receiving love. That's not it. Biblical love is, is not flowing into you when you've prayed enough. Now I've prayed enough. Now I love. Or when I'm perfect and sinless, then I experience love. That's not it. When you've given enough money, that's not it either. When you have just the right words to say, that's not it. When you are attractive and well put together and your clothes just fit just right, that's not it. That's external. That stuff that changes, that's circumstantial. I want to tell you, love flows from a supernatural source. Somebody say supernatural. The first fruit of the Spirit. You want to talk about supernatural? God's Spirit supernatural. And the first fruit of that Spirit is love. Love comes from God's supernatural Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says it this way. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, who is given unto us. The love of God is in you by the Holy Ghost and also spread, scattered. It is shooting out. It is shooting within. It is shooting every which way by the supernatural power of God. Love resides by the Spirit and it flows by the Spirit. Do you have the love? You have this love that we're talking about today? then you must have the Spirit. You don't have the love, then what about the Spirit? Look for the Spirit. Look for that. Stop looking out, outward at, uh, at circumstances. Stop looking for somebody to, to just uh, say the right words to get you to feel something emotionally. It's within you. God wants to do something within you. Is the love within you supernatural? Because the world can't confuse love. We need to recognize the genuine supernatural love of God. So let's look at it real quick. Three quick points. Supernatural love is unconditional. We know that God's love for us is unconditional. God's love for you does not change based on the weather. Aren't you glad about it? Wouldn't it be terrible if God's love for you changed on something external? Guess what? External to him. That means that even if you flub up big time, God still loves you. His love is unconditional. God means for us to have a supernatural, unconditional love growing and flowing within us. Do you know that? God's will for us is for us to have his unconditional love for other people. Unconditional love. Take the conditions off your love today. Do you have conditions on your love? It's probably likely that you do. It is probably very likely that somewhere in your life you've placed conditions. When people say hurtful things, 
what should you do? You should love them. You should love them. Yeah. When people aren't there to help you through your tough times, what should you do? You should love them. When people do not do what you would like, what are you to do? Love them. When people pass right over you and they give the job to someone else, what should you do? You should love them. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, what should you do? You should love them. You should love them. When somebody doesn't sing your favorite song at church, what should you do? You should love them and stand up and worship God anyway. That's what you should do. You cannot do this without the supernatural power of the Spirit. Love is supernatural and love is unconditional. What in life is unconditional? What in life is unconditional? Only supernatural love is unconditional. You can't hardly think of anything. My car won't work in every condition. Yeah, you put my car out in the middle of Lake Levon, glub, glub, glub. The conditions have changed, right? Excellent. If I say no to my wife and say, no, we are not going to touch power tools today, that changes that condition. She loves me anyway, guys. Y'all are, I'm just kidding. But you can change the conditions, but love, it still works. No matter the conditions, that makes it supernatural. Supernatural love is also wholeness. Somebody say wholeness. wholeness. Scripture talks about a perfect love. Anybody aware of that verse, perfect love? Wave your hand at me if you've ever heard that, that verse in the Bible. That, that word for perfect means whole, actually. It means complete. It doesn't mean error-free. It means complete, not lacking anything. When you are whole, you're not looking for anything else or anyone else to complete you. And I want to tell you, that is a wonderful thing to feel. That is a wonderful thing to feel. I remember the days where I was looking for somebody in my life, and I'm so thankful God brought me somebody that I now no longer have to look for someone else. Thank you, Sarah. Gosh. But there is a perfect love that is supernatural from God that completes you in every way. And you don't have to look any further. When your love is whole, you're not looking anymore for what others can provide. Your, your head's not on a swivel going, oh, I wonder what they could do for me. I wonder what that situation could do for me. You don't need that anymore because you've got everything you need. You're complete and you're whole. When you're complete, you're not searching for that missing piece. Oh, there's that, there's that, that thing I'm missing. What is it? Oh, one week it's a new cell phone. And your, your life, you're just, I'm just not happy until I have a new cell phone. The next week, it's, I've got to have new shoes. And my life is just not working until I have new shoes. The next week, it's just, you know, I've just, I've just got to get on a new diet. And, and you're just constantly switching to a new thing to complete you. And it never fills the void. You can be single. Can I tell you something? You can be single but still complete because of the supernatural wholeness of God's love. Y'all listen. Take one more second on this. Listen. It's all right to be looking for Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, absolutely right. But I'm telling you as a Christian, that person cannot give you the love that only God can give you. 
that person, you're, you're looking at them way too much if, if you're expecting to fill every void of your heart. Their love is not the supernatural love of God. Only God can do that. I'm telling you, I'll say it one more time. You can be single, but still complete because of supernatural wholeness of God's love. God's love. I'm telling you, if only people would stop going to bars to look for their mate and they'd come to an altar to look for their mate. I think they would have a lot more success. Anybody agree with the pastor enough to say an amen? Excellent. Look at that. So supernatural love is unconditional and it's wholeness. And lastly, supernatural love is fearless. I reference that verse, perfect love. You might can quote that verse, perfect love casts out all fear or it drives out all fear. Supernatural love is fearless. Supernatural love is fearless. But there is a part of that verse that's always quoted and then there's a part of that verse that's not quoted and I want that to change tonight. Let's look at the verse, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I want you to say these words with me. Because fear has to do with punishment. Because fear has to do with punishment. Punishment for what? Punishment for what? Let's narrow it down. External conditions. Something on the outside is not looking up. It's not shaping up. I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. That's how you feel at the job, right? I don't have this working. It's Friday. The boss is coming in. He's going to go, where are those papers? Fluid. I'm going to be like, up, papers? Got to go. It's like external, external, external conditions, right? And fearful for what? Fearful that I'd lose my job, right? Fearful that I'd be punished for an external condition. And then there's another kind of condition, internal condition. What does an internal condition look like? I'm not enough myself. I'm incomplete. See that? I'm, I'm worried that they're going to realize I'm a dummy. I'm not up to, I'm not up to par. I, I'm, I'm, they're going to find somebody else. And that could be on the job. That could be in a relationship. That could be anywhere. Some, of, some people fear that way with God. God, I'm not going to measure up and now you're going to walk out on me. You're going to punish me. When you have supernatural love, it is unconditional. When you have supernatural love, you are whole. And when you are receiving unconditional love and you are whole, can I tell you, you no longer have to fear punishment. You don't have to fear any longer a punishment because of circumstances external and circumstance internal. You have no reason to fear, then you should have a fearless love. It's a beautiful thing when you get to the place in God where you're not afraid of Him punishing you. You just love Him. There was a time in my life I, I didn't sin because I was afraid I'd be punished for sin. Now I'm at the place... I don't want to sin because I love God. And I don't want to sin because I love my family. And I don't want to sin against that person because I love them too. Do you see the difference of that? 
I would tell you that is so freeing. It is so beautiful to have a fearless love. I'm telling you, it can only be done supernaturally. That can only be done supernaturally. Supernatural love is unconditional. It's wholeness and it's fearless. Somebody say the greatest vibe. Love is the greatest vibe. I want us to pray today to God. They who will fill us with this supernatural love. But before we come to pray, I want to talk to you about a well-known Bible story. And I want to talk to you about the squeeze. Somebody first, the squeeze. Say the squeeze for me. Really good question here. If you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what comes out? Some of y'all are hesitant. You're like, I'm not so sure about that. But we had right answers here. They said toothpaste comes out of the toothpaste tube when you squeeze it. Very wise, very wise. If you squeeze a water balloon, what comes out? Water. Y'all are on it. Last question. If you squeeze a ketchup packet, what comes out? Very good. A little bit of pressure causes the contents within to come out. You following me? Life has a way of putting the squeeze on us. Would you agree? Life has a way of putting pressure on us. The pressures of relationships. The pressures within your family, your friendships, your coworkers, your classmates. And it doesn't feel good sometimes that squeeze. Do you agree? There are some squeezes in life relationally that are some of the biggest heartaches you'll ever you'll ever receive. There's some people, they will say things to your face and it hurts so bad. It just squeezes and puts a pressure on you. And then even worse than that, you know what's worse than that? You do know what's worse than that. When they don't say it to your face, but they say it behind your back and you realize it and you, you hear about it somehow and it just puts a squeeze on your heart. And then you have to look them in the eye and it's this agony of trying to act like you don't know how they truly feel, but you do know how they truly feel. It's an awful feeling. Somebody say, preach. I'm preaching. How about this one? The pressure of bills. I've been trying to get rid of my mailbox. They, they keep making, making me have a mailbox. You know what? Because bills come in that thing. I thought if we could just get rid of that mailbox. Gosh, I would stop getting those IRS letters. I hate those things. Oh my gosh. The pressure of bills. There's just pressure. It's just pressure. Sometimes your car, your car light goes off and it's check engine, and you just go, oh no, this is a thousand dollars. I don't know what this check engine light means, except it means it's a thousand dollars. I don't know what it is. I'm probably out of blinker fluid. Again. Last time the guy caught charged me a hundred thousand dollars for blinker fluid i hate when i run low on the blinker fluid or how about this one just the pressure of difficulty the pressure of you're trying and you are about to fail you are walking that tightrope you are so close to failure it is so difficult it just puts a pressure on you there are pressures in this life that will steal your joy they'll steal your energy they'll steal your peace They'll steal your smile. And I know what I'm talking about. I want to ask you real quick. 
We know what comes out of the toothpaste when it's squeezed. We know what comes out of the ketchup packet. We know what comes out of the water balloon when we squeeze it. But here's what you need to think about right now. When life squeezes you, what comes out? Throw it up on the screen here, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Is this what comes out? Get that verse up, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Does patience come out of you when you're squeezed? Love is kind. Does kindness come out of you when you're squeezed? It does not envy. When you're squeezed, does envy come out of you? It does not boast. It is not proud. Does pride and boasting, does arrogance come out of you when you're squeezed? It does not dishonor others. When you got the squeeze put on you, do you start to tell people about, about themselves? Do you turn that way? Do you start dishonoring others? Love is not self-seeking. Is that what comes out of you? Easily angered. Let's just step, talk a moment. When we're squeezed, does that anger come out of us? Real quick, I want to tell you something. There's sometimes in my life I've tried to like justify my anger. There's even this wonderful scripture I've used to prop up my anger. I said, well, you know, righteous anger is in the Bible. Let me tell you, most of my anger has not been righteous at all. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this about your anger. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. There, you should only carry anger for a limited time. You cannot carry that thing. You should not carry it into tomorrow. And many times we carry anger with us and a month later, a year later, we still have that anger in our heart. Why? Because we're getting squeezed and it's what comes out of us. But love is not easily angered. Are you easily angry? Keeps no record of wrongs. Sometimes when I'm under the squeeze, I, a scoreboard comes out. Well, here's what you did and here's what you said. And Verse 6, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Are these the things that come out when life gives you the squeeze? When you have pressure in your life, are these the things that come out of you? Now listen, the squeeze isn't fun. The squeeze isn't pleasant. The squeeze isn't easy. You shouldn't want pressure on you all the time. Absolutely not. But I want to tell you today, we usually pray that the pressure will go away and that the squeeze will go away. Perhaps instead we need to pray about what the squeeze reveals Inside us. Will you receive that today? Will you spend some time talking to God about what's inside of you? A little pressure reveals what is within us. That's the squeeze. Now let's talk about the, the Bible story everyone should know about Cain and Abel. Everybody say Cain and Abel. You know, I don't think Cain and Abel face as much challenge as any of us do on a daily basis. I'm going to go on record and say that. I don't think, 
I don't think they uh, faced near the challenges that we did. There was no sex trafficking in that day. There was no concern over climate change in that day. There were no general elections to, to fear or to protest or to whatever. There, were no, uh, there was no such thing as death and taxes. There was no IRS and there were no funerals. I mean, they, I think Cain and Abel faced a lot less pressure than you and I. Yet, with just a little bit of pressure, it revealed what was inside these men. Genesis chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, verse 5. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. Abel's offering was favored above Cain's. I want to tell you supernatural love is unconditional. But Cain feels something that's very conditional at the moment. Would you agree? Supernatural love is wholeness. But Cain feels very incomplete at the moment. Who agrees? Supernatural love is fearless. But Cain feels fear in this moment. Fear of inadequacy. Fear of someone getting better. Fear of missing out. Just a little bit of pressure reveals what is within Cain. Here's what's within Cain. Verse 5. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Anger, shame, depression. This is what the pressure revealed. I would tell you this, that that was already inside of Cain when the pressure was there. The pressure only revealed it. He had a lack of love in him, but it was the pressure that revealed it. He had anger within him already. It was the pressure that revealed it. It wasn't the shortcoming that made him angry. It wasn't someone else having a better offering that made him depressed. It was already there. The pressure merely reveals it. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Would the Lord be asking me that today? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. But you must rule over it. You wait one second. That thing inside of you that's just ripping you up, it's like an animal. It's crouching. It wants to have you. Do you understand that your anger wants more of you? Your depression wants more of you. Your lust wants more of you. Your bad habits, they never just get, oh, I think I've had enough. No, your your bad habits look at you like an all-you-can-eat buffet. You are mama's pizza to all of your bad habits. They just want more and more of you. It desires to have you completely. Cain, what is inside of you at this moment wants all of you but you must rule over it even though God patiently spoke to Cain Cain refused to repent in the next verse Cain attacks and kills his brother 
What did a little bit of pressure reveal? Here's what it revealed. Galatians 5, 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. I want to underline these for you, for Cain. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Was hatred revealed? Was discord revealed? Jealousy, fits of rage. What about envy? Yeah. You know, in your Bible it says these words. These are some of the scariest words. Short little sentence. Deborah, this is scary. You listen. Where there is envy and strife, there is every evil it's a pretty little scary sentence right there in your Bible. That's in your Bible. Where there is envy and there is strife, there is the breeding ground for every evil thing imaginable. If you've got envy and strife in your life, you need to get it out. If you have envy and strife in your family, we need to get it out tonight. Church, if there's envy and strife among us, we need to get it out. We need to pray that right out. It can't be within us. It's time for a vibe check. When life squeezes you, what comes out? What if love came out instead? Wouldn't that be an amazing testimony, Amber, if when we're under the pressure, love comes out? Don't you know that's what Jesus did on the cross? That's why Jesus is so amazing. The gospel's so amazing. We see him under that pressure and we see him say, Father, forgive them. They know what, not what they do. What's coming out of Jesus there? Love, that's what's coming out. What if when we're, life squeezes us, love comes out? I bet the devil would squeeze us less if love would come out all the time. What if the supernatural love of God flowed out of us what if the supernatural love of God was the first thing on our lips when we were angry? We, instead of being angry, we say loving things to people. What if the world experienced God's love through you? What if they saw you going through what you're going through and saw you love people, forgive people, care for people? You know what that would do? That would show them who Jesus is. What if the squeeze of life was just an opportunity to put God's love on display. Do you know that? That the squeeze of life is an opportunity to put God's love on display. Are you displaying God's love? Are you doing that at church? Churches can be pretty unloving places I've seen in my time here on earth. Churches can be unloving. Are you putting God's love on display at church? How about at home, at school, at the grocery store? See, everybody's there for that carton of milk. What if you were there for the carton of milk, but to do it in the most loving way possible? What if one day you weren't in a hurry and you went ahead and got in the line with the people in it just so you could walk up and say, wow, y'all are so busy today, but you're doing such a good job. There'd be love flowing out of you. That's what that would be. What about when life is pressuring you, when life is frustrating, when life is disappointing? I'm telling you, when you get the bad news, 
What if love came out of you then? What if love came out of you when you didn't get the job? What about love coming out of you when you did fall short and you did fail? Love. Love is the greatest vibe. I want to tell you, Jesus, Jesus wants so much from us. He does. He wants better from us. He wants us to be set free from sin. But more than just to be set free from sin, he wants his love to be flowing out of us. Do we want his love flowing out of us today? These altars are open right now. Does anybody want to come and pray? If you're in this house and you want special prayer, come in the first two. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.